This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're exploring one of Oregon's most alien landscapes, a place where the soil comes in bands of color and strange prehistoric fossils are found underground. We're talking, of course, about the John Day Fossil Beds, a national monument found in the high desert of central Oregon, which is one of the weirdest and really most beautiful landscapes in the Pacific Northwest. Jamie, I understand you recently took a trip to the fossil beds Mm -hmm. and you came back with a pretty comprehensive guide on seeing this area. So we thought it might be nice to share some of that knowledge here today for anyone who wants to go check out these places for themselves. That's right. And Vicki, the emphasis here is on places, plural. The John Day Fossil Beds is not a singular location, but many different sites divided into three distinct units, which are spread out across 50 miles of desert. And it's certainly possible to see all of that in one day, especially during these longer days of spring and summer. But I, I feel like folks might be better off making this a two or even three day trip again to really see the whole thing. You can obviously pop in and out, see one spot here or there on your way through the region. But if you really want to see all the fossil beds have to offer, got to give yourself the time to do it. So this is another one of these places that I've seen incredible pictures of. I'm always blown away when I see pictures of this area. It's a place that I have not yet been to. Um, So I am excited to learn as much as you can tell me about the fossil beds. Um, (laughs) So first off... What exactly are the fossil beds? <laughs> the the, so the Johnny Fossil Beds, this is um, an area of the high desert that was formerly a uh, a lush semi-tropical jungle. Um, so, I mean, the earth has obviously changed over, you know, thousands, millions of years. And um, this part of the planet was once this really sort of lush place full of vegetation and full of strange prehistoric animals like, you know, horses with toes and cats that aren't really cats at all, but are kind of like dogs, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. (laughs) And, um, you know, that all that lush life went into the soil. Um, and over time these hills get eroded 
and these layers of the sediment um, that all of this life left behind emerges. So you end up with all of these, you know, different deposits of different kinds of minerals. Um, I don't know the exact science behind it. I have to go ask them for all the specific details, but Mm -hmm. it results in this really strange, colorful landscape that is full of all these fossils. It's sort of a, a remnant of this, this previous climate that used to be here, which is a, a really interesting um, aspect to see, to think, to look at this desert and think, oh, this used to be a jungle. That in and of itself is really crazy to think about. So cool. And this is one of the like natural wonders of Oregon. Is that right? Yeah. Um, well, so the, the seven wonders of Oregon, which is Travel Oregon's um, campaign they did a number of years ago, one of those seven was the Painted Hills which is ah. one piece of the John Day fossil beds. And I think that's the thing. When people think about, they, they, everyone knows about the Painted Hills for that, you know, for that reason, for other reasons, but it is really just one part of this larger sprawling area. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, when you're telling people about the fossil beds, um, where exactly are we talking about? Okay. So if you, you're looking in, in sort of like North Central Oregon, um, so it is northeast of Bend and, uh, you know, southwest of Portland. So if you're driving from Portland, it's about a four hour drive. You go, you know, all the way down to Madras, keep going south to, you know, Prineville, keep going east on US 26, um, and you'll get to sort of the start of them. Um, again, this is spread out across this 50 mile stretch of desert. So you, you can reach one of the units, the closest unit, which is the Painted Hills unit in about four hours from Portland. So that's why I say, you know, it's, it's not exactly a day trip thing. Like if you wanted to go out and see the Painted Hills and back from Portland, you could, and it would be a, you know, nine, 10 hour day, um, eight of which were driving. And that would be kind of insane. Um, so I think the way to do it is to do that four hour drive out there, find a place to stay and spend a day or two kicking around the area and exploring everything and then drive back to Portland. That makes sense. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack here. Maybe let's start with the Painted Hills and really get into that part of the fossil beds. Yeah. So again, three units, this closest and probably most famous unit is the Painted Hills unit, where, of course, you can find the Painted Hills. It'd be kind of weird if they <laughs> called it that and you didn't. Um, so this is a, it's a, a fairly small uh, unit. It has a few attractions in it. So the Painted Hills Overlook is kind of your main spot to go. It's one of the first things you come to in the park. Um, there's a little gravel road and you can park. And there's a really short hike. It's, you know, like maybe half a mile out and back. Um, and you can see, you know, three or four different viewpoints on the way. It's all very open landscape. So you get views no matter where you are. Um, so you can go and see the Painted Hills. I love this area, especially at sunset. Um, the thing about the Painted Hills is that it's this you know, uh, these, these big round sort of, uh, mounds of earth and they're striped in layers of like yellow gold color, uh, the sort of red orange color, and then, um, stripes of black as well. And those, the sort of the, the, the shade of those colors, the hue of them changes depending on what the light looks like. So when you get, uh. you get that golden hour on the painted Hills, they really glow in a way that nothing else glows. Um, so if you're looking to sort of see the painted Hills in their full glory, go on a clear day, go in that last hour or two before sunset, and you can really see a good show out there. But 
They're also good just about any time of day. Um, you can look in different directions and see different colors, different kinds of stuff. It's a very, very cool spot. So that's kind of the main attraction there. There's um, also a hike above the Painted Hills called Carol Rim. It's like a moderately easy hike, one and a half miles out and back or so. That's a fine thing to do if you're looking for low elevation. But I think if you're looking for another site in this unit, the one that you definitely have to go to is a place called Painted Cove. It's a really short trail. It's just like a quarter mile loop trail, all flat, very easy. A lot of it is on boardwalk, but it takes you through these this series of really short, like deep red hills that looks like you know, more of Mars than of earth. Um, it's just an experience like nothing else. And I love walking slowly through there and just like peering at this, I, you know, I guess it's earth, right. But it's like these, these (laughs) mineral deposits that are like just so deep red and so strange. Um, I, I just, I love this spot. Um, so definitely check out Painted Hills, Painted Cove. And there's a couple other spots in that unit that are definitely worth checking out if you have the time. But if you're just trying to do a more compact tour, make sure to see those two things before moving on. Really awesome. And so when you get up close to the the mineral deposits, is it kind of like sandy in texture? It, it's it's harder than that. Um, you know, it's almost more like, uh, like Playa is, sort of like the hard mud. Um, where you you could sort of like step on it and your foot wouldn't like sink into it. It'd be kind of hard, but like, you know, it's not like hard, like rock is if if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Okay. So we have the painted Hills unit. What is next? Okay. So if you leave the painted Hills unit and you keep driving East on us 26, um, you'll get to Oregon 19, another highway that heads North and at just north of that junction there between those two highways, you have the sheep rock unit spreading out on either side of the road. And there's just a ton of stuff to see in the sheep rock unit. Um, this is, I think, probably the busiest, maybe the best loved. I mean, aside from the Painted Hills, um, this is where you're going to find probably the most people. So um, again, a lot to see. But if you're trying to keep it compact, you want to see a couple things, I would say definitely, definitely check out the Thomas Condon Paleontology Center. This is, you know, sort of the uh, visitor center, the museum of the John Day fossil beds, and it's really cool. So if you're into some of those prehistoric fossils, you're into like, you know, the science behind it or the climate behind it, they have fossils on display. They have recreations of what some of these animals looked like. Um, All the information you want to know about what is the deal with this weird place, you're going to find at the paleontology center. You're also going to find, you know, bathrooms, uh, water maps, information, that kind of stuff. Really, really cool place to stop. And just down the road from that, um, really basically across the street is this place called the historic Kant ranch. C A N T. It might be Kant. I don't really know exactly. Um, I say Kant in, in my head and that's, that's makes the most sense to me, but, um, there's, it's, it's sort of like one of these historic houses that um, when it's open, you can go in and tour like, you know, here's what these homesteaders, here's how they used to live. Um, very fun for a lot of people. Personally, that's, that's, I've seen a lot of that stuff. It, it starts to, you know, uh, run together in my mind. So what I love though, at this place is that you have, um, because it's a ranch an orchard, there's a bunch of really tall trees and green grass and shade. Um, shade is something that is not 
in many places <laughs> in the yeah. fossil beds. It's out in the desert. It's hot. It's sunny. So this is a great place to stop for lunch. There's picnic tables in the shade under the tree. They have water. They have hike down to the river, um, all kinds of stuff. So for me, this is a great spot to to stop off. You know, if you've got a picnic lunch with you to unpack that, take a break, um, enjoy the cool shade. Um, I, I think that this just it's sort of a natural stopping point if you're touring the fossil beds. Um, and one more spot you got to hit in the Sheep Rock unit is a place called Blue Basin. Um, this is sort of the only really major hike that you have in the fossil bed. So if you're looking for a hike, this is the one to do. Um, but there's also opportunities to sort of do it in a less intensive way. Um, Blue Basin is basically like this big uh, basin, <laughs> for lack of a better word, um, that is uh, made up of this clay stone that is like sort of this dusty cerulean color. Um, it really doesn't come through in pictures, which is maddening as a photographer. Um, but in person, it it's it's like nothing else. It's almost like, you know, the color of the sky or of, um, you know, a, like a, a really a transparent Caribbean ocean. Um, mm. It's it's a really interesting thing. And there's a, you can hike right up in, into the basin um, mm -hmm. and there's like, you know, a trail and some bridges that you can check out. There's also a loop trail that goes around the edges and up above it um, and then back down into it. And that's an incredible hike. You get views not only of Blue Basin, but of the surrounding fossil beds. And you can kind of see from those higher vantage points, some other surrounding hills that have begun to erode where you can see sort of these um, striped colored mineral deposits popping out of what otherwise look like unremarkable, uh, you know, desert hills. Um, it's a very cool spot. I definitely recommend this to anyone, especially those who are looking to do some hiking. Um, you can't miss Blue Basin. Wow. Uh, this sounds like one of those like really unique aspects of Oregon that like a lot of people just don't know about. Um, so man, I must ask sheep rock unit. Is there, are there sheep? <laughs> I, I did not see any sheep. Um, there is a sheep rock. Um, that is its name for some reason, you know, I gotta, I, I gotta look up in, you know, the geographic places name book to see what, where that name comes from. There definitely were sheep there before. I will say that the homestead there at Cant Ranch was a um, uh, Scottish homestead and the, the uh, homesteaders there had sheep. They grew fruit trees. Um, they did it all. And you can of course learn all about that inside of the museum they have there at the house. Um, but no active grazing there today. <laughs> all right. Third unit. What do we have? The third unit is called Clarno, and this is the sort of farthest flung of them. So once you get to the, the end of Sheep Rock Unit, the northern side, it's a good 45-minute hour-long drive to get to Clarno from there. Um, it's kind of circling back toward the Painted Hills, but not quite. You're staying up farther north. Uh, this is sort of closer to the town of Fossil, um, town of Antelope, Shanico. Um, it's in between all those areas along Oregon 218. Um, the Clarno unit is the smallest. It also has the least to offer people. It has just one area. Um, there's this rock formation there called the Palisades, and it is extremely cool. Um, there's this, technically is a series of three hiking trails that lead along it, but they all connect. So it's basically this one trail. Um, it's not super long. Um, it'll take you about a mile and a half out and back to hike uh, up to and kind of along the underside of the cliffs. But it's 
again, a really cool spot, especially if you get it under some good light. The cliffs kind of seem to glow with this golden light. Um, if you get there in sort of the later part of the day, um, which I did, it was really nice. And it's a spot where, again, you're finding more fossils everywhere. If you look closely, you can see impressions of old leaves on the side of rocks. At the very end of the hike, a little sign says, if you look up here and you look up to the, the cliffs above you, there is a pair of fossilized logs embedded in the cliff above you. And wow. sure enough, they're like these two logs crisscrossed, just stuck up in the rock. Um, and that's so cool. <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. Um, that's just what this place is like. I mean, fossils literally sticking out of the cliffs. Um, it should be noted that said that this is obviously a highly protected place. Don't go digging up any fossils. Don't take anything home with you. If you want to see the fossils up close, go to the museum, check them out there. Um, not for excavators, but you know, to be a place to go see with your eyes. Um, very, very cool. Uh, and you know, all of these places, again, it makes for a really cool day trip of bouncing around, seeing everything, um, which is what I did recently. But if you just want to see like one or two, you're passing through the area, stop off the side of the road, take a walk, treat yourself to something different. Amazing. It definitely sounds like there is a lot offered here. Um, so if you are staying and making um, a multiple day trip, uh, where exactly did you stay, Jamie? So I stayed in the town of Mitchell, which again is just a, a quick drive from the Painted Hills unit. Um, and there I stayed in this like really, really cute, uh, I, it's not a bed and breakfast, I guess it's like a little series of cottages. It's called Painted Hills Vacation Cottages mm-hmm. and Retreat. They have a few really adorable cottages right there in the town of Mitchell. Um, so I stayed in this this cute little spot. It had, you know, a, a little kitchen, which is really nice when you're out kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it had, you know, there was a TV with DVDs and there was Wi-Fi and there was a little garden. Um, really comfortable, really nice. So I highly recommend that spot, Painted Hills Vacation Cottages. Um, and Mitchell itself, it's got, uh, you know, a restaurant, a cafe, you know, a gas station, one of each of those things, which is about what you need. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. gas and food does not come easy in this part of the state. So anywhere where you can be close to it, um, is, is really helpful. That said, a lot of people like to camp out in this area. Um, the John Day Fossil Beds uh, does not have any campsites within the National Monument. That's just, you know, the, the nature of, of how it's managed. But the, the BLM runs a bunch of campsites in the region. Um, so a lot of folks like to check out those BLM sites, um, which are scattered everywhere. You can, you can find it online, find a map of those, and just go find a spot. Um, but Priest Hole is one of those places that is probably the most popular if you can go on a weekday or a less busy day, um, Priest Hole is uh, a campsite, kind of a more rugged campsite along the John Day River that um, is gorgeous and absolutely worth checking out if you love hanging by the river, camping by the river, just looking for a place to stay. So, of course, I'm assuming that you went because of the nature of our jobs, you were able to go during a yeah. weekday. Uh, was was it crowded at all? Was uh was it a bustling place? No. Um, the, the, the only places I saw any kind of crowds were at the ranch and the paleontology center, um, which is about how it goes. 
everywhere else I went there, there was, you know, anywhere between one and five other people at any given time. But for the most part, I was by myself. Um, but one of my favorite things about this, about going here, and this has happened both times I've been, you, um, if you, if you were on the same schedule as some people, you end up seeing the same people over and over again. I ran into this couple at Painted Hills and I saw them again, like, you know, at, uh, the ranch and I saw them again at the museum and I saw them again at Blue Basin. And then finally, you know, I saw them again somewhere uh, in, in there and I said, gosh, this is, I think the fifth time we've run into each other today, or at least I've seen you. Um, and, uh, I, I love that, you know, it, it's a way you can sort of, it, it feels kind of like a community when you have people who are kind of doing the same stuff in the same timeline. Um, but yeah. my understanding is this is a place that can get very crowded, you know, holiday weekends, um, nice spring days or fall days, you, you can find people there. Um, it gets a bit hot in the summertime. So I think in those hot summer days, you might see some fewer crowds, but obviously if you're trying to, to do that, you've got to take some extra precautions in mind. Makes sense. Um, so what should people bring on their trip out to the fossil beds? Yeah. Well, so like I said, you know, this time of year, especially if you're going out there, you got to bring sun protection, uh, water, a good pair of hiking shoes, a good, just a sturdy pair of shoes. Flip-flops are not great. Um, I mean, it's not a ton of walking. It's not like you're necessarily going off into the desert, but it's the desert. There's stuff out there. Uh, always good to have a decent pair of shoes. Yeah. Um, like I said, bring a lot of water, um, bring some food with you, some snacks. This is not a place you're going to find like a convenience store, um, or a restaurant usually. Um, and, uh, yeah, make sure that you're prepared to be out in the heat for a while. Uh, if your car has AC, wonderful. Utilize that AC. If it doesn't make sure you've got some way to stay cool, bring a cooler with some ice in it, you know, or, or something, um, something that you can get in the shade. You, you don't want to be out there too long. It's, um, you might be able to find some juniper trees here and there. Uh, but otherwise you are, you're exposed to the elements, whatever they may be. The desert can be a brutal place. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else in the area that's worth driving to or from uh, for people who want to make maybe a longer trip out of this? Yeah, I mean, there's so much in the region. So, I mean, if you're coming from Portland and you're you're coming the way that we, we talked about going through, you know, Warm Springs and Madras um, out to Mitchell, and you want to do like a loop back home, you don't want to take the same way back. If you just, you know, go north up to say the, the gorge, um, from this area, you, you gotta, ch you gotta stop by Cottonwood Canyon. That kind of gives you some additional high desert vibes. It's, it's basically, you'd be following the John Day river, which is what flows through the John Day fossil beds. Um, and you can follow it all the way to Cottonwood Canyon state park. And it's, we've talked about it here in the podcast a bunch of times before it's beautiful. It's lovely. Um, it's magical. I, I love that spot. Um, that's definitely a way to do it. You can, um, also stop by the Cove Palisades, which you talked about really just recently. Um, another really nice spot to check out, go down to Bend. Uh, Bend is a decent, um, place to sort of anchor your trip. It's not super close to the, to the fossil beds. Um, but it is a place where you can have obviously a lot of amenities. Um, you know, it's about two hours from the Painted Hills, but you know, you've got restaurants, you have you know, uh, hotels and everything you need. So a nice spot to, to check out. Um, and, uh, I don't know, get, get a little bit more of that, uh, that city life. If you're, you know, tired of, uh, kicking around the, the desert. 
Absolutely. Um, anything else maybe first timers should know about the area or visiting or other things to see? I would just say, go and check it all out. You know, um, painted Hills, obviously gotta see the painted Hills. They're great. Um, but don't, don't end it there. Um, keep going, bring a map, see what looks cool. Um, you know, one, one of the reasons I went to go see everything is I was like, there's going to be something I'm going to miss. There's going to be some, you know, little trail that sounds dumb that I'm not going to go to. That's really cool. One spot I didn't mention is this place called 4E, F-O-R-E-E. And it is just north of Blue Basin. And there's never anybody there because everyone's at the other things to do. But I love this place. It's a short trail, a bunch of weird stuff popping out of the desert. <laughs> That's this whole place, a bunch of weird stuff popping out of the desert. And I can see that a million times and I'll always go cool and want more. Mm -hmm. So go see it all. Go see as much as you can, as much as you want. Um, bring that sense of curiosity and have fun. Amazing, Jamie. Well, I cannot wait to make it there. It's on my long list of places to see that you've told me about. <laughs> and um, I, am, I am always very excited by the desert um, and to see what Oregon's desert has to offer. Ah, so much. Such a weird place. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast, as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you are interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.